Welcome to Power Talk Podcast, where the talk is interesting, informative, and powerful. Welcome to the podcast with Reverend Matthew DeLeon. Change it up there for a second there. And <laughs> Pastor Paul Chicado. How are you doing, my pastor? What's up, Matthew? Nothing much. How you doing? Good, buddy. Are you ready for some uh, fantasy football here coming up? Or? I'm ready for some fantasy football. Uh, me too, man. It's been uh, It's been a bit. It's been a bit, man. Last year kind of threw a curveball on everybody at everybody, and so everything kind of changed last year. Yeah, from COVID to certain political stands where they're making an NFL, which didn't need to be there. Well, it, it changed our vacations. It changed our fantasy, what we like to play. Yeah, it, it changed man. going out and enjoying time with the family. It, yeah, and now it seems COVID seems to be not totally in the distant past, but it's still some lingering effects with the vaccination the government's trying to make us take and yes. so forth like that. But yep. uh for the most part, it's 2021, and we're not seeing in the shutdowns or anything like that. No, not yet. <laughs> I know, and hopefully at all, mm-hmm. you know, because that, honestly, Pastor, it really put a, a dent in our economy, man, it, you know? You know, it, it put a dent in the economy, but when you're, when, you're, when you're pushing the agenda of socialism, you don't care about putting the dent. What you want to do is be able to control the people. And so ultimately, that's what the Antichrist wants to do anyway. And again, I'm not saying our president's the Antichrist. I don't mean it like that. Yeah. I'm just simply saying is that governments have to kind of fall in line with that in order for all that to start happening if we're wrapping up in the end days. Yeah. And you talked about socialism really quick. What exactly is socialism in, the, in your words, would you say? Uh, let me let me try to clarify. Basically, socialism is, is that you give people out free things. You give them out a bunch of free things. Okay. And what it does is it makes them feel as if they have some sort of freedom because they have access to programs and they have Mm -hmm. access to things that they didn't have. But the problem is you also take their desire out to work for it for for themselves. And so what happens is is when the government has the ability to provide for you Mm -hmm. and you don't have the desire to work, what happens is they actually have control of you. Right. And what it will do is the Antichrist will use socialistic type programs uh, to control people. This is why when the mark comes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to buy or sell without that mark. Why? Because you're going to be so dependent on the government mm-hmm. and that that order that the Antichrist will develop right. uh, in order for you to be able to purchase and things that you're going to be so reliant on it that mm-hmm. you'll take the mark in order to survive. And it'd be easy at that point to take the mark because you're so people are so dependent on that, on exactly. that program or that... Um, yeah, that, that program, so to speak. Socialism makes you feel like you're independent, when in reality, it's a it's it's a hidden it's a hidden thing that causes you to be dependent. And another term too is lazy, man. It's just a lot of people don't want to work. It does. It it forces people to be lazy. And again, if I'm providing food for you and then I take it away from you and you have and you're too lazy to work, well, what are you going to do? Right. You'll go do whatever it takes, not necessarily work, but to get back in good standing with that entity that was oh, giving see. it to you. I see so you basically the only way to stay in good standing is to take the mark. So that way you have food on the table for you and your family or whatever. And that's where we're kind of coming to. Mm-hmm. And I say that almost like too nice. And I say that, but that's what we're coming to. Yeah, we are coming to that. Uh, when, when you start seeing your government start push socialistic type programs, it's because the Antichrist has a lot of his hand in it. Uh, in the undertakings behind the scenes and things that we don't know nothing about we can only guess um and it, what it's doing is it's 
it's creating this idea that socialism really works. Well, guess who believes that it works? It's the millennials and Gen Zers that believe that it works. It's not the older people. The older people are pushing it, but it's the younger people believing it. Wow. I mean, because again, they don't want to work. I mean, they just the, don't want to work. The, the ease, the at least the easiness of it all. Yeah, it makes it makes life easy in a way. But what they find is that socialism eventually turns into communism, where now you're under their thumb. And because you're so deep into it, there's no resources for you to go to. So you have to stay connected to this one world leader, these antichrists, or or these governments. And that's what happens with communism. It just reminds me of of, you throw a frog in a pot. It doesn't know it's being boiled. That's right. You know, it's a slow, that slow process. That's all socialism is. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. terrible. It is. And our young people today aren't wise enough and smart enough to see through it. Instead, what they like to do is they like to go to history to try to point out facts of, well, what worked here. Well, there's no, there's no socialistic system that's ever worked. Now there has been some that have had some good to it because if you look at socialism on the, on the exterior at the very surface, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, it it looks really, really good. Right. It looks really user-friendly. Right. But it's the undertakings of people having a hand in your life that it gets really, really ugly right. that a lot of these young people don't see. Mm. They don't understand because they've never had it. So they use places like Switzerland and how they view yeah. socialism. Well, socialism doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Just because you get free schooling, just because you get free healthcare, mm-hmm. doesn't make socialism work. Mm-hmm. Because they also don't tell you mm-hmm. is that 70% of everything that they own is taxed. That means they're very poor. So even though they get these free programs, they're extremely poor. And they struggle to make ends meet because everything that they have is taxed up to 70%. And you see that these young people don't really do their research to find out how tough that is. And yet they still have to work to just survive. And many of them aren't. And you see just a lack of fathering because you said young people. And all these young people um, have this desire and you see no real wisdom behind it you see no real strong voice of counsel behind them you just see their own passion their own zeal with no real knowledge or real understanding at the forefront of it all yeah without a father you you don't have anybody to discipline truth into them Mm -hmm. truth is disciplined Mm -hmm. truth doesn't just come uh truth is truth doesn't come by hearing faith does Mm. truth comes through discipline Mm. And in other words, you have to learn truths. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to receive truths. Mm-hmm. Uh, wisdom, you don't. Yeah. Truth, you do. You say discipline. Like what? In what way do you mean discipline? Well, sometimes to, it's through corporal punishment. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you have to you have to spank your child, mm-hmm. which is definitely uh, not seen or approved anymore in this right. generation. Sometimes it comes through mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, learning, you know, through learning, you know, uh, sometimes it comes through the school of hard knocks, mm-hmm. but truth comes through, through usually some sort of form of discipline or learning. Mm. Truth doesn't come because you just automatically know it. Mm-hmm. Now, wisdom now, on the other hand, is something you don't know, but could come automatically mm-hmm. because it's through the Holy Spirit. The Holy mm-hmm. Spirit will instantly give you wisdom, mm-hmm. but truth you have to learn. And the Holy Spirit, you say Holy Spirit, obviously referring to Christians. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so the Holy Spirit is, when you've learned enough truth, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit's also be able to add to it the wisdom that you need in order to make decisions that wow. you need to know. Wow. Truth now is something that you learn to live by, and it helps keep you free, or it'll it'll set you free, and once you have it established, it'll keep you free. 
And that's good. To me, this is kind of a segue in then into Malachi chapter 4, my pastor. Yes. We're talking about before the end comes. Yes. Now, there's two scriptures that point out in the Old Testament, in uh-huh. Joel chapter 2 and Malachi chapter 4, verses 4 through 6. Yes. And, and it talks about what's going to happen in the end times. Yes. You know, and it's interesting because these scriptures are written thousands of years ago. Yes. Thousands of years ago. They're very old, ancient manuscripts, yes. And they're relevant for today. Yes, they are. So let's go ahead and expel on that. Yeah, here. go ahead and start reading them then. And actually, before I go to Malachi chapter 4, let's go to Joel chapter 2, since that's be the ones before Malachi. Sounds good, yes. So Joel chapter 2. So we see in the book of Joel, Pastor, on Joel chapter 2, there's a couple of things that's going to transpire. Yes. Number one, the blowing of the trumpets. Yes. The blowing of the trumpets. And the reason why is, in the verses below, it says, to ready yourself. In other words, to check yourself. Yeah. So the blowing of the trumpets was saying, hey, something is about to happen. Yes. Generation. Yes, very what, much so. The, hey, you know, what are your pastors saying? What have your fathers have been saying? What have your mothers have been saying? Check yourself because something is about to happen. Mm-hmm. The second thing is, is a call to repentance. In other words, he says, it's time to fast. It's time to turn our hearts to God. In other words, it's time to gather at the church. Yes. And we and mind you, this is all in chapter two, Pastor. Yes. So the third thing is, land gets refreshed by through God's mercy. So what the locust and the canker sore have eaten, have eaten, God now wants to restore. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we see that. And lastly, which my my point is, is God's spirit being poured out. It's funny, use the word uh, gushed out in our last podcast. Yeah. But that's what that word poured means, Pastor. It means to spill over or to gush out. Right. And so that's where I want us to, mainly you, because you're, yeah, is to help me understand before the end happens, these scriptures are going to transpire. Yeah. Well, we see that when you're reading in the previous verses of Joel, you know, um, when you're talking about, like in verse. Uh, starting in 23 down through uh, like 26. Yeah. We see first that the, the Lord's talking about the, 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 the rain. But then he talks about the former rain and the latter rain. Yeah. And that basically he will restore the, the, the former and the latter. Mm-hmm. The former and the latter will come. Right. You know, okay, so my personal belief is this, and I could be completely wrong, but one of the things that I've found in Scripture is that things come in cycles. Okay. Okay. The things are cyclical. Yeah. What what goes up must come, come down. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and it repeats itself. And repeats itself. History tends to repeat itself. And we find that no different even in scripture a lot right. of times where, you know, uh the, the Israelites were in bondage to Egypt, mm-hmm. but then they were came out into the wilderness mm-hmm. and then they then they end up they found their land flowing milk honey. Okay, that that does no different than us, you know. Right. We are in bondage to Satan, we get to come out. And we either roam around and we get lost, mm-hmm. and, or we follow God, and then guess what? Right. We get blessed. Right. You know, and then the blessing comes when we finally give it all to Him. Yes. Uh, you, you you see these cycles in various different forms and different ways. Yeah. Uh, we see Elijah get taken up in the chariot of fire. Basically, he was raptured. Yeah. We believe there's going to be a rapture of the church. We see Enoch. He was raptured. We believe there's a rapture of the church. Yeah. If you follow timelines, those cycles tend to keep happening yeah. periodically. Yeah, yeah. See one rapture, and we see the second, and then the third would be the church. So Wow. Um, these are not accidental. I see a lot of these type of cycles. If we go back, so when was the first rain? I mean, if we want to relate it to Scripture, 
we could take this to Acts chapter 2, because we know in Acts chapter 2, Peter repeats this very scripture wow. in Joel. yeah, yeah. Well, even though it was fire that came down on their heads, it was still, the, it was the rain of God. It the was, pouring. It was the cleansing and outpouring. Because remember, even John said in Matthew chapter 3, he says, I tell you, I baptize you in water, but there's one who's greater than I, whose sandals I'm not un unworthy to strap upon my own feet. He says, he will come in the Holy Spirit and fire. So is John saying, Pastor, that his baptism is greater than John's baptism? Is that He's what John's saying? saying? That the baptism that's going to come is going to be greater than mine. He says, this one here is going to come in like rain and fire. fire. Why rain? Why, why water? Because water is the cleansing. cleansing. It's the, it's the process that we need of our mind in order right. for us to understand who God is. Right. I need my mind cleansed. Mm. But then I need my heart purged. Fire. Fire. Fire purges. Mm. So the rain or the water cleanses. cleanses my mind and my mind. The water, That's why even the uh, uh, Peter says that we use the word as the washing of the water. We wash our mm, minds in the water the of, right. of the word. And that's what husbands are to do to their wives. To their wives is to wash it in the water of the word. Right. So we know that the water was for the mind, the cleansing of the mind. Mm -hmm. Thinking right, thinking better mm. so we could capture what God is all about. Right. Who God is. Right. So they get cleansed. Then what happens? That's why it says they got baptized. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. the baptism is a s symbol of water. Yeah, and John baptized it. He used it on. He used that water. He used poured water and poured it over their head. But that was just the symbol of what Christ would do. It's just a symbol. Right now they get baptized in the Holy Spirit, which is symbolic of water. Mm -hmm. But then the fire also comes, mm -hmm. and they get purged. They mm. get cleansed. And, and that, they they get completely purged of sin. And that's symbolic of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit in them. So they get baptized basically symbolically of water, mm -hmm. the mind. Mm -hmm. Then they get purged of sin, mm. which means that they are now clean and they are saved. Mm -hmm. So now they have the complete working of the Holy Spirit. And now... We see that complete bat of filling. Wow. But then they got filled with the Holy Spirit. So you see first repentance. Yes. Because that's what John symbolized. Because that's that yes. was his message, by the way. That's Repent for the kingdom of God's at hand. That's all he preached. And that's represented by water or the work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then according to Joel chapter two and Acts chapter two, what we're talking about here, uh restoring Yes. So this is why when it talks about and it says, For he is forget faith for he has given you, verse twenty three of Joel. He says, giving you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you. Mm. Okay, what's the former rain? This is Acts chapter 2. This is Acts chapter 2 right there. And he says right here, and the latter rain in the first month, the threshing floor shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with new wine and oil. What's the new wine and oil? It's the work of the Holy Spirit. So new we're talking wine. about new wine, which is the filling. That's when they got filled with the Holy Spirit now. So the former rain, which is they got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they got, then the Holy Spirit came upon them, purged them. That's the fire, and then they got filled with the new wine. I wonder what they symbolize, Pastor. The new wine and new oil. What's the wine symbolize? The wine filled is a symbol of the being filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay. And we see that with the evidence of speaking tongues, and and oh. people say it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's actually the filling of the Holy Spirit. The, the, oh, okay. They got yeah, yeah, baptized yeah. in the Holy Spirit, which was their cleansing. The filling of the Holy Spirit is when they 
mm-hmm. when they received the speaking in tongues. Mm. They got filled. Mm. So the filling, it's the new wine. Yeah. And so that's why it says, be not drunk on wine, but be drunk in the spirit. The spirit. They got filled with the spirit. That's why they even equated it. Oh, these men are drunk. No, they were filled with the spirits, the new wine. Interesting. Is that good? This is why our last podcast, you talked about not drinking, because we will dilute the spirit of the Holy Spirit in our life, the new wine. You need the new wine, not Not the the old old wine. Right. The new wine and the new oil. The new oil. And so the oil represents just basically the covering of the The anointing. anointing. It always represents the anointing oil has. That means you're covered. You're covered because when they would pour the oil in the old times, they would pour it from your head, let it drip down to your feet. Psalms 133. That's the anointing on oh, your life. Yes. The anointing's not in your life. The anointing's on, on your life. life. Like Isaiah uh, chapter 11 says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon yes. me. Not and within what, me, but right. upon me. There you go. And that anointing, sometimes the anointing's misunderstood. The anointing is for protection. That's why it says it's the anointing that breaks every yoke and, and every bondage. bondage. Well, where was the yoke? It was on the outside. Yeah, it was on your it was on your shoulders. When you were in bondage and chained up, the chains are on the outside. outside. That anointing is a protection too. I mean, it's just so it's so awesome because there's so much symbolism. Yes. In the scripture, yes. that we can easily overlook it, get misunderstood, or get so confused. But when you get a hold of a scholar or someone who really understands these things, it not really, a scholar. Well, a scholar, a scholar, a scholar of the word, as I mean by that. Yeah, scholar, I, I know I'm messing with oh, you because a lot of scholars don't really get it. Yeah, but, but the scholar of the word, and the person I thought I about was like saying. a Perry Stone. No, no, I totally you, agree you know, with like you yourself. Know, yes. But men who understand the symbolism of these because they're yes. in the word themselves. They're in the word. They understand. That's exactly right. And so the anointing covers us. The baptism is what cleanses us. Mm-hmm. The fire is what purges us. Mm. And then you get filled with the oil. That's where the Holy Spirit begins to become evident through the speaking of tongues. And mm. then all of a sudden, the power of God begins to move through Powerful. you. Powerful. And to me, Pastor, as you're reading this in verses 23 and 24, there's so much more meaning now to verses, uh, what is it? Um, verse 28 through 29. Yeah. I mean, because you can easily over, just read it. And then get to 28, 29, and here comes the power of God. Right. But there's so much more meat of these verses. There's so much more. And this is why when it talks about the former and the latter rain. Mm -hmm. Well, what's the latter rain? Mm -hmm. Well, the latter rain hasn't revealed itself yet. What do you mean by that? Because we haven't seen the latter rain. From what I'm beginning to see, I don't believe we have seen the latter rain. I believe that there will be... Because remember, Peter says uh, that this is is a repeat of Joel chapter 2. He says... Watch what Peter said in Acts chapter 2. He's yeah. repeating. I mean, it's right there in Joel, but we want to repeat what Peter says to yeah. so people understand. Okay. He says, he says, Peter standing up with the eleven raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea, all who dwell in Jerusalem, know you and heed my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose. Right. Here they are, filled. Since it is only the third hour of the day, but this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. Right. And it shall come to pass in the last days. Well, we know that this isn't the last of the last days. days. It is the last, beginning of the last day, but it's not the last of the last days. We know that this is the former rain, but it's not the latter rain. Oh. It's, we haven't experienced that latter rain. So what is oh, it? Oh, I see. It's the outpouring. 
No, they're beginning to experience outpouring, but the fullness of that outpouring won't come until the very the end. end. Which is the latter. Which is the latter. And the reason why I believe this is because if we start reading in Joel, chapter 20, or verse okay. 28. And just for clarification, <gasps> ladder yes. is L-A-T-T-E-R, not ladder, like a ladder you climb. No, not ladder, but later like, as in life. Or there you later go. Down just the for clarification. Yes. So he says in verse 28, and it says, And it shall come to pass afterwards. Now see... Peter says, in the last day. Whoa. Okay, there's, there's so Peter is believing that this is his last day. He believes that everything that Jesus has been teaching, this is it. And it's not. And they all believe that, by they the way. All believe they it's all still. believe that. They believe that when Jesus went up, he was coming right back. Yeah, because Acts, Acts chapter 1 says it. They're like, when are you going to come back? Yeah, when are you come back? And he's like, okay. No. No. So he still thinks this is it. This is the last day that Joel prophesied. No. Wow. Joel says it right here. No, the, this is the former rain. The latter rain is yet, yet to, come. to come. So Wow. That's, keep going. That's okay. good. So, and it says, and it shall come to pass afterwards. So even though Peter's repeating Joel here, he still says it different right at the beginning. He says, in the last days, it'll be an outpouring. And it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that here. So he's thinking that this is the last days. This is it. God's coming back. Blow the trumpets. He's going to restore. Yeah, the trumpet's going to blow, and he's going to restore himself on in Jerusalem and defeat his enemies. And two thousand years later, here we are. Right <laughs> here we are. Right. So watch. Okay. And he says, "And I shall kind of ask out whether I will pour out my spirit on all flesh." Right. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your mm -hmm. young men shall see visions, mm -hmm. and also on my men servants and my maidservants, and I will pour out my spirit in those days. Yeah. Okay, so this is what Peter's seeing. He says, here it is. But here's here's where Peter goes on and quotes the rest of it, because this is where Peter's like, we're in the very last moment of time. Watch. Yeah, yeah. Because he's repeating Joel. He says, and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall turn, be turned into darkness. And watch, we'll just keep reading. Yeah. And you, the moon into blood before the coming and the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass. And whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And for in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, and there shall be deliverance. And the Lord has said among the remnant whom the Lord calls. Okay, so think. Peter only quotes these last few verses. He doesn't quote everything prior to that. He's quoting these last few verses, and he's like, oh, this is the revival that was going to happen, and then he's going to come and establish himself. You see, Peter didn't believe that these last few verses in verse what? 28 uh, and 29? Uh, no, 30 and 30 through 32 was oh, also okay. going to happen. Okay. So he quotes it. No. Oh. No, only 28 and 29 were going to happen. It's the beginning of the pouring. Yeah, it's the beginning of the outpouring. So he also thinks, oh, well, 30 and 32 are coming up too. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's why he quotes 30 through 32. He's like, oh, here it is. No, we have not seen, I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into... We haven't seen that yet. Right. We have not seen that. Right. So my point is, is neither did Peter. And he thought that was coming right now. Wow. Peter's repeating that portion of the prophecy because he's thinking, okay, here's the revival, and then boom, this is going to happen. This is tribulation. Wow. 
This is going to happen in tribulation. That's what I was getting ready to ask you. So when is the rapture? So the rapture has already taken place. So the rapture is going to have to take place between this verse and this verse. So between 29 and 30, the rapture has taken place. Yes. This is why I say, Peter's thinking this is when the restoration is going to happen, and it's not. Now, this is so interesting about prophecy. You mentioned this before one of our podcasts, but yeah. God never gives details. He, he doesn't give timelines, or does he give details? And the details that he does give yeah. make absolutely no sense half the time because it's hard to compare with timelines. Exactly. Because God lives outside of time. Yes. So he sees things on a different timeline. And so here we are. So here, here's my point in saying that, is that we are in the last of the last, last days. And we're going to see a repeat. Oh, that's right. So okay. chapter 2. Okay. Just before the Lord returns. Because Joel prophesied it. We've already seen the former rain. We haven't seen the latter rain. So I believe that there's another revival coming, but it's going to be a huge outpouring is my point. But And then we're going to see, then tribulation is going to come. So then as we conclude, let's go to Malachi chapter 4, because he's got a few minutes left here, my pastor, to really kind of, to me, summarize the rest of this. Because there's so much that we can go from. It's so good. Yes. And kind of conclusion here, my pastor, we're yeah. going to go to Malachi chapter 4 to really kind of tie things here together regarding Joel chapter 2 and the latter, what you've been talking about, the latter outpouring of the Spirit here. Yes. According to Acts chapter 2, where it sounds like Peter read too much, read too long into the Scripture, yeah. really saying that, hey, this is the end time, guys. The Spirit's being poured out. And not yet. Right. Not yet. Here we go here. I'd like to read verse 1, if I may. It says here, for behold, this is Malachi, Malachi chapter 4, verse 1. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all the wicked will, will stubble, and the day is coming, I'm sorry, and the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts. Yeah. They will leave, they will leave them neither her root nor branch. Now, going down to verses, um, verse 5 here. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Mm -hmm. how, how, how does that tie in with Joel chapter 2, my pastor, in regards to the latter rain and this generation that we can see now is the most, most fatherless generation we've ever seen? Yeah, you, you know... Or, or does it tie in? This is, this is where... This is the part that I'm unsure of myself, okay? okay. Because according to this, I, I I would assume the great day yeah. refers to the, at the end of the millennium when it's judgment. Oh, okay. Okay? Okay. Um, and so when he's talking about turning the hearts of the fathers to the children and the the hearts of the children to the fathers, mm -hmm. uh it, it, I, this is where I'm unsure because we know that at one point that's what Jesus came to do was to turn the hearts of the children to the father. Yeah. But Malachi says the hearts of the fathers to the children. So mm. I would the only thing that I'm unsure of at this yeah, because yeah. I, I always kind of assume that the great day would be at the great white throne of judgment, mm, okay. which happens at the, the millennium. Yeah. And so if that's the case, then that would mean that basically what he's doing is he's separating. Those who are going to make it yeah. after the judgment and those who aren't. And mm. those that make it, now the hearts of the children are now turned to the fathers. Wow. Those that made it. They truly have the father's heart. 
Okay. And so, but we also know that Jesus came to also share the message to right. turn the hearts of the children to the Father. Mm, the Heavenly Father. The Heavenly Father. But but here we're talking about the hearts of the Father back to the children. So does that mean earthly fathers? Uh, it's it it could. I think it still means the heavenly Father okay. because we're still not completely connected even in the millennium. There's still people that aren't going to serve Him, mm. and so there's still people that at the after judgment will they be judged into eternity of the lake of fire? Will they be judged in eternity in connection with the heavenly Father? I believe that that could be what that means. Okay, so going back to our title before the end, does Malachi chapter four really tie into Joel chapter two? I don't quite see it. It okay. could. Maybe this is where I, because I lack some understanding here, so mm -hmm. I, I give that disclaimer because I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm not sure that I see it personally. Okay. Because I this looks to me like it's a com the judgment at the very end from what it looks like. Wow. So it's interesting because this this these two verses have always been synonymously tied together. They have. And when it says, talks about the great day of the Lord and the burning of stubble. Yeah. I, I I'm thinking that it has to do with the very end, the of, very end, which the is the lake of fire wow. at the judgment, wow. where he's going to literally separate. Because he says right here, "Behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, all those that are prideful, yes, yes all who do wickedly will be stubble. stubble, and the day which is coming shall burn them up." So, I'm Ooh. I think this is the lake of fire so an alluding alluding allusion to it. And I'm glad I'm asking because there's a lot of us who, you know, if, who read the Bible mm -hmm. and we like to know these things, my pastor. Yes. You know, we don't want to tie a scripture with another scripture and it not be the case at all. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. And so I'm glad that I was able to bring this up with you again before the end begins, before the end starts. It's like we know the rapture is going to take place. You know, what's we know some of the precursors that were going to happen before the rapture. Mm -hmm. we see Joel chapter 2 is one of those things. Yes. The former and the latter. You talk about revival. Yes. But the misconception could be that other scriptures could tie into that. Yes. And I want to make sure. Very about, much so. On that. And, and this is why I believe that we're going to see a restoration that Joel talks about. Because Joel talks about he's going to yes, restore the former latter rain. Yes. He's going to restore what the locusts have devoured. Yes. Well, we all wonder, oh, that, it's a lot of people assume, well, that's salvation. Mm -mm. Uh, no, it's not. Mm -hmm. He's not actually talking no. about salvation. He's talking about something that's going to happen in the last days. Mm -hmm. Or when that outpouring comes, mm -hmm. that it shall come to pass. Um, <clears throat> so I believe that it's an accumulation of years decades millennials mm. an accumulation of what started in acts chapter 2 yeah and will end prior to his return or uh, uh, when the lord comes back in the rapture mm. i believe that it's an accumulation and so what will happen is is that these things will all come to a head where even matthew 24 4, 40 says that two men will be in a field and one will be taken and one will be left Two will be sleeping in a bed. One will be taken. One will be left. Why is it 50-50? Wow. Because I believe that what we've seen in Acts chapter 2 as the beginning of that outpouring will be at its fullness just before he returns. Before the rapture. Before the rapture. And I believe that that's a picture of that rapture. Also, to the other picture, the parable of the ten virgins with yes, oil. That's five, right. five had plenty of oil and five didn't. Five didn't. And look what happened to them. So we see scripture is pretty devout about saying that there's going to be something significant and powerful just before I return. 
And a lot of people say, well, I don't believe there's a revival in that last day. Well, actually there is because it started in Acts chapter 2. Yeah. It's never really ended. What we aren't seeing is the fullness of it. Right. That's all. And man is responsible. Is man responsible for that? Yeah, form? man's responsible for not carrying it to its fullness. But I believe that there's going to be some turning around. Man, and it yeah. could be because there's going to be some hardships that we're going to endure. Uh, so yeah, yeah. kind of going off of that. This is why earlier I'd said what I said just jokingly, but but the I do. Be, yeah, well, no, about the vaccines and stuff. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know that you know things are kind of getting back to some normalcy, but but I have seen this. Mm. I believe that there's some things that are coming on planet Earth uh, that could be devastating, and I don't know if it's going to be more. If you look at this COVID thing, this COVID thing hasn't really ended. They're talking about now closing down churches. Now think about it. You're thinking about closing down churches mm -hmm. or using churches as the place where they give out the vaccinations is what they're saying. So, and churches that won't do it, they're going to close down. And so here's what's interesting. So how come then we've already lift the ma mask mandate already then? Right. If this COVID thing is this dangerous because now they have a new hybrid COVID. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard about. I've heard about it. Okay. Yeah. They're saying that right now that this one is far worse than the original COVID. And I'm like, okay, so you worked extremely hard on a vaccine. Mm -hmm. We're no longer having to wear masks, obviously. Right, right. But yet, if we don't get people vaccinated, you see, they're not even sure that the new vaccine is strong enough to to deal with the new variant right. of this new COVID. And we don't have time to talk, but we've already heard of some serious side effects of this new vaccine, by the way. Yes. Some serious side effects that have been, de I mean, just... Deadly. So my point is, is that if they're already talking like this and our administration is already talking like this, we know that there's a possibility that church could be closed again for some unforeseeable reason. Or indefinitely. Or indefinitely. We just don't know. But these are the kind of things, the reason I bring it up is these are the kind of things that usually bring about the greatest revivals. The oppression of the church. The oppression of the church. You see it all throughout Scripture. Anytime the people of God were oppressed, the children of God, which yeah. is Israel, mm -hmm. we all of a sudden we seen a great move of God later on, whether it be a few years or 400 years. So powerful. Yes. And oppression is usually what it takes to wake God's people up. That's what I was going to get ready to say. Back in, I would say, 2014, mm -hmm. you have prophesied the church right now is in a bottleneck stage mm -hmm. where there is pressure being put on it yes and they put a lid yes on this bottle and at some point it's going to explode yes because you put too much pressure like on a bottle with carbonation if the pressure builds up it's got to go somewhere and yeah. what's happening is, is when you start putting the pressure on the anointed ones mm. we're anointed come on we're protected come on and as long as we stay in that anointing, God's it's building up pressure. This is what happened with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus was known as the Christ, mm -hmm. which means what? The anointed one. Anointed one. Mm -hmm. What happened when you put him in the grave? Oh, you forced him up. You forced him up. And look what happened. It says it was a great earthquake at the moment that he hung on that cross. There was a huge mm -hmm. earthquake. And, they, and the one the centurion fail. said, surely... This was the Son of God. Yeah. He knew it because this huge, great event. Darkness covered the face of the earth. Mm. The, the darkness came upon, and then there was a great earthquake. All of a sudden, they what knew, whoa, we just put pressure on the anointed one. Look what happens later on a few days later. 
He comes up out of the grave mm -hmm. in a with a bolt of lightning. Mm -hmm. The grave opens. The guards were fell literally fell on their face as, as if dead, dead. Mm -hmm. and Jesus comes out glowing. And he brings others with him, by the way, who walked this earth yes. with him. They come up out of the graves. Mm -hmm. So my point is, is that when you put pressure on the anointing, at some point it explodes. Mm. And I believe that that explosion will be the revival that will take place mm. just before he returns. And this explosion comes with order. This explosion mm -hmm. comes with a plan. Yes. So... I don't know exactly when that's going to happen, but if we're talking about a repeat of cycles, we're at that 2,000-year mark since the original outpouring took place with Peter. Yeah. We're only a few years away from that, from being 2,000 years away. And that's my own personal version. Yeah. Cannot verify that until it actually happens, if it happens at all. And you talked about revival, and the last one being the Pensacola one in mm -hmm. Florida. That is over 21 years ago. Yes. And we haven't had a revival <sighs> in America in over 20 years. We haven't had a revival as powerful and as significant as the Pensacola one mm -hmm. in, like you say, over 20 years. And so we're due. Mm. We're due. Yeah. And in conclusion of this podcast, how do you want to close this? Again, the title has been Before the End, and we talked about Joel chapter 2. Is there any closing comments you want to give the listeners? Um, look, I think the thing that we have as a church, be extremely aware mm -hmm. that we need to stay close to the Lord at this time. Yeah. Because if you're going to experience any moves of God whatsoever, it's only going to be those who are sticking come really, really close to the Lord. Because we are wrapping up. This time as we know it is wrapping up. And it's all about ready to unfold. Mm. Now, it may be a year. It may be 10 years. But it doesn't matter. Either way, on the grand scale of time, mm -hmm. even 10 years is going to be a vapor. Wow. And so we need to stay extremely close to the Lord now. Amen. Listener, you heard it firsthand. And we can go on for hours on this topic because it's so vital and there's so yeah. much information. But just know before the end, this scripture is going to happen. And yes. you better be ready, listener. We love you. God bless. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us today. Power Talk Podcast is brought to you by Powerhouse Church. You can find us at fellowship.fm and Spotify. If you would like more information, prayer, or want to contact us, go to powerhousechurch.us.